Callum. Hi, friends. Welcome back. You talk. Thank you. I got it from the Plus Bus. Super cute. I like it. A little plug. Mine is, you, can't, you probably can't tell. Let me turn on this super ambient lighting here. Beautiful. Mine is The Office. Oh, nice. I like Two it. Buns. Super cute. I don't I don't know a lot about The Office. I don't Same. watch it. And then folding laundry. Oh, little uh lion guard t shirt. Yeah. That's Kion. cute. That's cute, Kion. that's cute. So let's just like get into it, I guess. Hi everybody. Yeah. Uh big beautiful discussions. We're back at it again, week number two. Episode two. I hope you all listen to the first episode because, you know, that was our first episode. Yay! That was our first episode. Um, episode two is about our self-love journeys. Yeah. We're just doing our journeys. Who was the first person who inspired you to, like, start loving where you are now? Like, your body. You. Like, where you are now. Don't say you. me. No, it was you, though. Like, I can't be... I can't lie. It was you. Um, I think you opened my eyes to a world where people didn't only have to hate themselves or didn't only have to, like, worry about what number was on the scale or what size you were or fitting in. And then I think after, after you went through that evolution on that... It was when I started noticing that there were, like, like on Instagram and stuff, that there would be other people who experienced those things as well. And when you see that, when you put that more of a forethought into your your scrolling or, I mean, just in your media, you know, you'll see, you'll see a positive outlook in your own brain when you do it that way. Rather than surrounding, like, just putting pictures of supermodels or just following supermodels on Instagram who only show you the best picture of themselves. Yeah, that's edited and, like, cropped and photoshopped. Just not real. I I don't want to say not realistic because everyone's got a different kind of body. But, yeah, showing someone who is more realistic to my lifestyle and who, who I can identify with. Yeah. Is there anybody, like, in particular that you follow now that, like, really grabs your attention, like, when it comes to that, or? Um, yeah, of course. There's, like, quite a few people. Um, Tess Holiday would be one. I remember when you introduced me to her. Not, like, personally. I'd love to <laughs> be introduced personally to Tess Holiday, but, um, she was one that I remember, like, I looked at her pictures and, because essentially, like, she was, like, the first plus size, like, large plus size supermodel yeah and I remember like looking at her pictures and one I, I remember seeing her tattoos and just like I remember looking at her pictures and being like wow her arms look like mine like her body type looks like mine and it was just and not only to see it but also to see the acceptance of it in a field that hadn't been accepted before yeah what about you? How many, like, I know that you follow a bunch of influencers. Yeah. I definitely, um, my journey definitely started with, like, Tumblr. Uh, okay. like, back in the day Tumblr. And I remember, I saw, like, an outfit of the day post. So, the OOTD post 
And it just so happened, I think it was Katana Fatel was the first person that I, like, saw. Um, and then by following her, I, like, jumped down this rabbit hole of just, like, fat people and specifically, like, fat women who were, like, very proud with themselves. And then... Like, what age would you say that was? Sorry. I was, a, like, a, a sophomore in college, I think, is when I started, oh, like... Yeah, I was in college. Um, and then I found Garner Style, and that was the moment that I, like, saw somebody who was, like, my body type. Um, and I just, like, was amazed. I was amazed. She was one of my first follows, too, and I, I remember the same feeling on that. Yeah, I, I was so happy. Like, I just, she really inspired me and she like has a big voice in the community like she does curvy con she does she did like her own little youtube series that i was like obsessed with um (laughs) i just i really admired her and she was the the first person where like i was like oh i can like do this too so when you started in college what was your mentality about your body before that I mean I had never worn shorts before I tried to always wear something that was long sleeve I didn't want to accentuate anything on my body like tops were usually pretty baggy pants were usually like I honestly, I I had no joy in finding clothing. Okay. Like, finding clothing wasn't joy for me. I... I just put on things that fit. I honestly, like, I didn't want to try on things in stores. I didn't want to do any of that. I just wanted to grab something that I would know would fit and then just leave. Like, I had no... I agree with you. I had no joy in shopping until I, like started in that rabbit hole of that community and I learned about like different brands I didn't even really know about like Torrid and that kind of stuff I didn't either like when I was growing up in high school and stuff like I I think we talked about in the last episode like Deb was my place to shop and um like Gordman's even then like I hate the feeling of going into a dressing room one because it's a tight space shoes that they've always got those like awful fluorescent lighting on you and it's hot and when an outfit doesn't fit well it, like just does something to your self-esteem and then you have to like look at yourself too as you're trying to like squeeze into this and yeah it it wasn't fun you weren't taught that there are certain clothing that looks better on you or what what fits better on you or not because bigger women weren't publicized very often yeah like and you weren't allowed to explore it either. Like, get funky yeah. with it. Like, people would, like, look at you weird. I mean, people still do look at me weird. Don't get me wrong. Like, I wear some crazy stuff now, and people are like, uh. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm happy in myself, but I had never experienced someone else being happy in themselves. And so, like, that was, like, hugely transformative for me. To see other people happy in themselves and like taking those risks otherwise like I don't think I ever would have so did you have like any real life 
influences or was it just mostly seeing like like a social media post of people being happy with themselves I think when when it came to like college and stuff it definitely was all online yeah it was all very much like online I mean like you and Haley don't get me wrong like I, like I said, you guys were, like, the cool fat girls. <laughs> like, I wanted, I, last episode, shout out to Haley. Um, I, like, I had, I admired your confidence and I admired the way that you both dressed. Um, but I think it was, well, <laughs> in some aspects. I always liked your dresses. For those who don't know what my face just looked like because outfits I used to wear were atrocious <laughs> I I always but like you were always you always seemed confident in it too and you did take risks because you cut all of your shirts and I know that you did that because you didn't like the neckline but like that still that like taking that yeah. initiative to cut a t-shirt and like show a little bit of cleavage and like make it kind of your own kind of look like that is something that I had never seen anybody do before as, like, a plus-size person. And yeah. so it was just, like, I mean, that's truly inspiring. And then, of course, when I moved to L.A., like, I was surrounded by the plus-size community. I'm that just, like, I mean, you saw the way that I just completely transformed fashion-wise and, like, yeah, confidence-wise. Um, I remember like one of your first like plus bus posts and being so excited for you and just to see the way that you were celebrating yourself at that time and just exploring who who you were going to be at that point but like who who you were with fashion and I never thought that that was something even capable of a plus size woman doing because a lot of the times you wouldn't think you had a lot of options. Like, even at that time, I knew about, like, Wayne Bryant, but I wasn't really aware of Torrid. I wasn't aware of anything that could give you some personality through your clothes. It was, I felt very old lady and stuff at Lane Bryant, which, no hate on anybody who wants to shop at Lane Bryant. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> I just placed an order, like, five seconds ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, like, still, like, yeah, it's, it was really cool to watch you kind of flourish out there. I think it's cool to watch you too. Like, I mean, your, I feel like your fashion is on the opposite of mine because yours is so work related. And yeah. like, I love how like, you're just like classy and like you, you have that like work look and it's just like powerful and you wear like the blazers and your little dusters and I love it. It's yeah. so cute. And I made her try on a romper once because I feel like that's her life. And she looked really cute in it, and there is a picture on it, a picture of it somewhere. Um, I'm sure you're going to find it and post it. So. Oh, for sure. I'm going to be like, remember that romper I talked about? Here it is. Um, and just like, yeah, you you have that like Midwestern charm, I feel like. That Midwestern charm. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I don't know. So for me, for me learning how to address my body was a big part of learning how to like my body. Yeah. Because I wasn't just putting, like, an equivalent of a moo-moo on and then... Because basically in high school for me, it was t-shirt and jeans. That was that was my look. That's why I cut my t-shirts. And so that was... I would love to say that it was because I was from a 
rebellious person and I was taking a fashion risk, but it was. It was because I was big. The schools didn't make very large t-shirts, so it felt almost suffocating sometimes. So I cut it to be comfortable. And yeah, show a little bit of cleavage. (laughs) (laughs) But at the end of the day, like that was still like a bigger statement than I had ever made at that point in my life. Do you recall any times in high school where you wore something that made you feel pretty and good about yourself? I mean, school dances. That's, that's what I was thinking about myself. I think, I think school dances, and I think that was... But even then, though, like, I was talking um, to my roommate slash best friend the other day, and we were talking about how we went prom dress shopping together, and... At one point, the woman came into the room thinking that she was me and was like, was like, hey, don't remember, like, these dresses are supposed to be by your pant size, not by, like, what size you think you are. And, like, that was the first time I think she experienced what I usually experience when we went shopping. Um, Because, like, you know, when we went shopping, I didn't ever really shop. I always just dressed my friends. Yeah. But I I definitely think, like, going prom dress shopping, homecoming dress shopping, like, those were finally the times where I was like, I can, like, take this risk and and also fit in with everyone else. Right. Or feel like I did fit in with everyone else. Yeah, I would agree, because that's, like, one of the times where you're like, oh, I can put some money into a dress or everyone's wearing this style of dress because they did make dresses in a larger size, at least in certain stores, but you, I couldn't always wear the Abercrombie and Fitch shirts or the Hollister shirts that like, all the girls are wearing. Oh yeah, no, I didn't even yeah. think to try those clothes on yeah. when I was uh-huh. when I was in high school. I was like, absolutely not. I did have like a hoodie from like a friend who was a guy. Yeah. And it was a size large, and I would wear that every once in a while. Yeah, no, I could never, and, like, when you go to the mall with your friends at, like, 12 or 13, like, they'd all want to go into the Hollister store or Sun or something like that, and you're just, like, you go in knowing that you're not going to find anything. Yeah. And then, like, it's embarrassing, so you, like, buy a pair of sunglasses or buy some, or buy, like, a perfume or something. I remember I would do that, but... Side note, I really hated Hollister. It was so dark in there. You couldn't <laughs> see. I tripped over, like, a couch or something. It was awful. Did I don't, that story. I don't think we ever, like, went into Hollister because of the smell. Like, everyone in my so friend group would always get, like, a headache. I definitely, yeah. like, we all shopped at, like, Hot Topic and stuff. So, like, I could buy Hot t-shirts Topic. every once in a while because they did have men's sizes for, like, the t-shirts or, like, unisex yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I did buy t-shirts from there, and, like, of course, like, bracelets and, like, weird fucking glove accessory things, um, but I never, I didn't shop at American Eagle, I didn't shop at Hollister, like, we had a Deb, but, you know, Deb was separated, like, if I went in there with my friends, they they went, they went off to the straight size side, and I had to go off to the plus size side, so I would... At that point, I would just be alone. So I became really comfortable with dressing my friends because that was, like, almost a form of expression for me was to dress my friends. It's interesting to see how 
you back then, but it's still very much you now. Like, whether it be, like, me you're dressing or some of your other friends. Like, I know that, like, you still really take in passion in having other people find comfort in clothing. I love dressing other people. I think it's because, um, like I said, for so long I had to, like, dress my other friends. And that felt like a form of expression to me because I couldn't fit into those things. And, like, now that I can fit into those things and I do know how... Like, and, and I take risks a lot of the time. Like, today I'm wearing a yellow shirt and orange pants. And we, like, yes. went and took photos um, safely with masks on. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, I think now I have, like, even more joy in it because I see the potential in everybody. And... I know that there are there is clothing available at any size that you are um with the exception that there are like you know there are still limitations of course but there are so many options now for so many different people and I really take joy in just like making people feel good yeah now let me ask you this when you were dressing your friends in high school did they ever ask why like, why you weren't, like, buying your own, like, own clothes in that aspect? Did they even, like, understand that it was because you couldn't fit in those clothes? I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think back then they ever questioned it. Like I said, we, like, I had this conversation the other day with my friend, and I think they just, like, they know, like, they noticed, but yeah. they didn't really, they didn't think about the fact that, like, the things in the store weren't obtainable to me because they wouldn't fit. They just kind of thought, like, I didn't like to try things on. I I wanted them to try things on. I wanted them to do, you know, like, that was... Do you feel like, did you lead them that way? Is that what you would say is, like, your defense mechanism? Oh, my gosh, for sure. One of my favorite things to do um, for the longest time with any of my friends that are straight size slash thin whatever um would be I really want to play dress up can we go shopping can I dress you that I mean or like they'd be like hey do you want to go shopping and I'd be like oh my gosh yes can we play dress up like I want to dress you but you would like prefix it with like your reason for not trying on stuff there oh for sure yeah okay yeah I that was always my thing yeah. I still say that now, though. Even though, but then I'll make them go to a store where I can try on clothes. <laughs> nice. I I don't really recall, like, ever actually shopping for my clothes very much with friends. Like, it was always very much with my mom or my sister. And, yeah, I can't really recall, like, going with friends. Other than when I would go with friends to buy clothes. And I can't remember if I... I feel like I would always... Pretend if I like, I remember like going and pretending to try something on and being like, oh, it didn't fit, or oh, I didn't like how it looked, or something, so I wouldn't feel different. Yeah. But, yeah. I definitely like for buying clothes, it was always like with my grandma. Yeah. Um, and how would it, how would that make you feel? Like when, like, I don't know. Shopping with your family? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, how did you feel shopping with your family, with your sister and your mom? So my shopping with my sister was 
pretty good, except for we really have a lot of the same tastes and stuff. So, like, she would pick up something, and, like, we'd pick up the same thing, and she'd get mad. Cause she's, like, six and a half years older than I am. So, she didn't want her little sister wearing, like, the same mini skirt that she got. But often, that's what happened anyways. Yeah. So, um, I think I always, I tried to, like, emulate her fashion a lot. So, I would, like, always look and see what she was wearing. Because my sister's bigger, too. She's smaller than I am, but she was... She was bigger and like as I was, we're we're a chunky family. So she is who I looked at for fashion a lot. And like in her high school years, it was very much like t-shirt and jean mini skirt, and that was very much my style for far too long. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so I think for me, it was very much like I was looking at her as an example, and then often I'd be a bigger size than her or around the same size and again we were six and a half years apart so it I always felt like something was kind of off there yeah. or um but realistically one thing I will say is like it was it was tough kind of growing up being the big kid in my family but when I was buying clothes and stuff my mom was always like there supporting me and being like oh you look so cute in that or that looks so good on you, you know, buying me whatever I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. A little slow at that time, but I was lucky to have that in my life, at least. That was... So, I mean, maybe that, like, when you say that I was confident and stuff, maybe, like, a little bit of that did come through at that point in time, like, because I knew that, like, I could wear a trusty t-shirt and jeans and not feel so different. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily, like, the jeans and the undershirt and the Aunt Crowley shirt. Like, like I could never get that style no matter how hard I tried, and I tried too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, like, any tank top became a tank top <laughs> underneath my t-shirts. So. Yeah. I still wear a tank top underneath my t-shirts. <laughs> so. Some things never die. Yeah. I shopped with my grandma, so that was interesting. I mean, she's definitely, she's older, um... She would pick out things that she would think were cute. We'd often get frustrated with each other. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the ultimate, oh, that's so flattering on you, which I now hate. Like, I don't you like... I don't like the F word because I don't feel... Like, what does flattering mean? To me, it means, like, accentuating. Like, it... Something that's flattering on you means you don't look like a cow. <laughs> but see, but that, yeah, I, I feel like whenever somebody would be like, oh, that's so flattering on you, I always took it as, oh, like, you, you yeah, you look thinner okay. in that. Or okay. that, that makes yeah. you look less, less, I don't, I, I'm like. Less ugly than you think you yeah I just I don't know that's interesting I never thought about that word like that I've never thought about like how how that can make you feel in a negative way before yeah and I think I I mean I know I still use it occasionally I'll be like oh that's so flattering on you but like I catch myself now a lot more because yeah. I don't I don't I'd know I'd to know like what our listeners would think about that word like if they've ever thought about it being like in a negative way if they've ever taken offense from it or I don't know yeah yeah sorry 
Um, no, I, d I definitely think it's interesting. But yeah, I, I feel like that was like usually our whole thing was like we'd get frustrated with each other. Um, because she always wanted to go to like JCPenney. Okay. And I definitely like I wanted to shop at Deb and I wanted yeah. to be at the mall. Um even though I would just we would literally just go into one store. It was just Deb. That was it. Yeah. Uh but like I wanted to shop there. And then if we didn't shop there it was JC Penny. And I ugh. Oh, JC Penny. Department stores in general cuz that's how it was too. It was very much like it, for me, before I even found out about Deb, I can't remember how I did find out about Deb, but it was pretty much like Gordman's or some department store where I got some god-awful clothes. My mom, love her to death, if you're listening, you have some not great taste in my clothes, but... <laughs> I think that was also a problem, too. Like, I feel like our families often, like... They didn't have our bodies, so they didn't know how to dress them. That's fair. And, yeah. and well, I, and like, you gotta think, like, in the early 2000s, like, there wasn't a lot of options. Yeah. I remember, um, when I started, what, what, what do they even call that? The, like, plus-size little girls' clothes? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, junior plus? Yes. Yeah. The, and, like... Oh, man. When I started, like, having to, like, fit into those clothes as opposed to, like, the normal little girl's clothes, which those clothes are also were put in a separate section. Yeah, absolutely they were. Um, so, once again, I felt alienated instead of yeah, just, you like... you never have the same thing that, like, Sasha or whatever wore. Yeah. Sasha's a big name, just so everyone knows. But... but, yeah, so, like, it was just, like, this constant, like, separation, like... You you can't wear that because you wear this. You're not, yeah, you're not thin enough. And that right there, from a young age, gives you this mentality that you are not the same. Yeah. But thank goodness, though, because now I feel like we're in a point where, like, I will post a picture of something um, and I'll be wearing, like, a top from Torrid or eloquy or something like that and one of my friends will be like where'd you get that that's so cute and I'll be like sorry it only comes in fat sizes <laughs> and like, it's my it's one of my favorite things to do now it's so terrible it yeah. shouldn't be one of my favorite things to do but every once in a while I'll get that opportunity of like mm, so sorry like that's exclusively sorry, skinny sizes. for us um it is nice. I will say, like, one one big thing has been that designers are definitely coming around to designing for, for plus size, and that there really is a huge market for it in I mean, the world, but throughout the United States. Yeah. Is what I can talk about. But, yeah. There's, there's a lot of us And you see, you see more lines coming out by different designers, too, and I really, I really like that. Yeah. Definitely helps you with your self-love journey when you can feel good in what you're wearing. Yeah. And self-love is, like, such an everyday thing, too. And it's yeah. not just about your clothing, either. Right. 
or your body. Like, you have to mentally be in a state, too. And it's a constant of being, like, I am beautiful where I am. I am, like, working hard. I am... It, it's it's not just about, like, your body and that kind of stuff. It's about you as a yeah. whole. And I think that's also super important for, like, people to realize given though the whole body aspect of it like falling in love with your body or at least learning to appreciate your body and the things it does for you is a huge aspect of it because we're all visual well most of us are visual human beings like we we thrive off of the visual um and I think it's really important to like have that aspect and you do have to start small. Like, you have to unlearn things. Like, no, you're going to have your self-deprecating days where you're just like, well, I don't like that role. But you're going to have those days. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not living in that every day. And not, not even living in it every moment. Like, you can have that moment when you first look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, God, my legs look so big today. Why does my thigh jiggle that way? But see, but we also, like, I feel like that, the connotation, like, behind the word big, like, that, too. Like, we need to stop, like, it's the same thing with fat. Like, you know, people are like, ugh, I feel so fat today. Why do I look so fat? And it's like, dude, I look fat every day, and I fucking look fabulous. Okay, yeah. Like, fat is such, I, I like, I like to own the word fat. Do I still say it in a negative way sometimes yes it takes time but at the same time like sometimes you just gotta reclaim some stuff like i look big today today. yeah i think it's just like changing that attitude yeah of like so much in life is just changing the perspective changing the attitude behind it and seeing how that makes a difference you know yeah I think it's also important to, like, call out people when they do it, too. Like, like, yeah, you just called me out. Yeah. Yeah. Like. But, like, how do you mean? Like, do you mean, like, people coming up to you and being, like. So, I remember. This just kind of put me off another tangent. But I remember when you first told me that you. Like, when someone would make a reference to your weight, you'd be like, is that a fat joke? And, like, I remember like, the power behind that, and, like, kind of, like, turning the tables, because I, we've all had those moments where someone makes a joke about your size, if you're a big person, if not, if you haven't had that, I guess you're lucky, but I feel like a part of that, too, is also making me who I am, and giving me a little bit of tough skin, I don't know, yeah, that makes a difference to you or not, but I do think that, like, turning the tables on that, and, like, watching someone sweat when they're, like, Oh, I I didn't mean it like that or something, you know. Yeah. But but I also think it's it in in that instance too. It makes them think about like why they used that word, yeah. or why they said that thing to you in that moment. Yeah. You know, like why do we say, "Oh, I feel so fat today." Yeah. Like, why do people say that? Why is there <laughs> such a negative thing to that word? Because I mean, if you think about like. I, I would say media is a big part of that. Oh, for because, sure. Yeah, any anybody over, like you you were 
the culture of how we grew up was anybody over a size two was a whale. Yep. So, like, I was born out of a size two. So, let's <laughs> be real, I was not ever a tiny person. So, for me, when I watched that, like, like for instance, in, like, Mean Girls, Regina George, like, I, I just really want to lose three pounds. Like, that's how I grew up thinking. Like, it's always about the deficit, always going down in weight. And that will mess up your mentality hardcore so i think it comes a lot from what you said about retraining your brain yeah i think it's also i like young people today i am so in awe of them because they do have so many resources of finding the media that they can tailor to themselves yeah like we were so spoon-fed media and like what society wanted us to be and with Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and everything like you have media from people who live different lifestyles who expose you to everything like you can you can be exposed to anything and everything at your fingertips, yeah. let alone. And I I love that instead of a girl who looked like me in small town Illinois and the only like fat movie she ever saw was hairspray or um fat girls, which like oh one day we will talk about that movie and how much it meant yeah. to me. But like was that a part of, like, your reshaping of your brain, that movie? I don't think it was a part of reshaping of my brain. I feel like the movie Fat Girls for me was almost like my dirty little secret. Really? Because I have always loved fashion. Um, I used to put on, like, fashion shows for my grandparents when I was little. Like, I I would make people turn off the TV, and I'd be like, okay, here, and I would, like, do a little walk in, like, a bikini or something. Like, stuff that I wouldn't normally wear. Or or I'd play dress-up in my room. Like, even in high school, like, I turned one of my skirts into a dress with one of my belts. I would never wear it out in public, but, like, it was all... Yeah, it was, it was, like, my dirty little secret. And with Fat Girls, here it was, front and center a fat black woman who is in who was working in a fashion department but who also was like designing her own clothes and right. being confident in herself and like she had a fat friend who was like kind of I felt like I related to the fat friend more because she didn't really have any confidence in herself and she yeah. she definitely like played it down and it was almost like a an ugly duckling moment with that friend because like she like dressed her and then she found love and all this other stuff and she did it all while being fat and then like she came back to the United States after a vacation and she like started her own fashion line and and that was like the dirty the dirty little secret in me was like I wanted to do that what's funny is I definitely identified with Monique in that movie (laughs) 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 it's funny that you were (laughs) I feel like, but you're, you're definitely, like, 
more outspoken than I am. Yeah. You have confidence in a different area than I feel like I do. And that's funny because I think the same. I I think you have a different confidence than I do because there's a lot of stuff that you would wear that I wouldn't. Yeah. Because I still have some self-esteem issues that I have to work on too. Like there's there's always going to be that balance what you're fighting for. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the first movies for me that which is terrible because it's actually not even a fat girl. It's Kaylee Cuoco in that movie Queen Size, I think it was, on Lifetime. You remember where she, like, goes to a different high school? And, and she dressed in fat suit. suit. Yeah. And for me, that was, like, I was like, yes, like, this is how we're treated differently. And that was a big wake-up moment for me, almost, in a way that I, like, didn't want to stand for that anymore yeah and I think that like I definitely was pushed around and bullied as a kid for being a big girl like I got called an earthquake I got like all kinds of different names like I think the earthquake one is like so original right and it came to the thing yeah like one of my defenses was just like really like that's all you got for me is that I'm fat congratulations like you're a very creative person but that was like I don't think for me in a way that it was like it was just, it wasn't just me because for most of my life growing up there was no one else that was my size in my grades or anything like that so seeing a movie like that and just knowing that there's someone out there who's trying to shed light onto that like it gave me a boost in my life too yeah. Gosh, when did that movie come out? I feel like I lived in Missouri at that time. Yeah. It was definitely, like, like eighth grade or ninth grade for me, maybe. I feel like it was, like, maybe seventh or eighth grade, though. But I remember seeing it. Fat Girls came out um, in 2006. Okay. And... I, yeah, and I didn't even see Fat Girls until it was, like, on, oh my gosh, what's that? Oxygen. It was on Oxygen. Oh, yeah, I don't know. What, what year did Queen Size come out? Well, this one or has... that's the one with Nikki Blonsky? Yeah, that's the one with Nikki Blonsky. And that one came out in 2008, and I remember that one, too. Me, too. Because that was one where I was, like, so Hairspray was a big one for me, when Nikki Blonsky and... That was a Zach Efron movie because I was in love with him. And I was like, holy crap. They're putting a big girl and getting her love interest being Zach Efron and he's allowed to be in love with her? I know. That was huge for my self-esteem and huge for me being like a big girl and just knowing that this guy that I idolize, whether he actually likes bigger women and let in real life or not they let it be in Hollywood now knowing I, I didn't at the time know that Hairspray had been a movie before that because I was uncultured don't come at me people <laughs> <laughs> um, but just seeing that was life changing in a way I remember I went and saw that movie 
when me and my mom went shopping for my homecoming dress my freshman year, and I had picked a black and white polka dot dress for my freshman year homecoming. I felt so pretty in it, and then I went and saw this movie, and the end scene, she's wearing this black and white dress, and they kissed at the end. I was like, what? (laughs) What? That was a big one for me. Yeah, I definitely think Hairspray was huge. And the fact that Nikki Balonsky, like, kind of had a career after that, too. Because she didn't do, like, the Lifetime movie. I, I, like, really looked up to her um, during that time as well. Well, we didn't have a lot of large women role models. No, we had Monique. Monique was a, yeah. Queen Latifah was a huge one for me. Um, I was a big Missy Elliott fan because she always talked about like her tiny, tiny waist and thick thighs. I feel like in well, every I think song. We can't let this go without being said that black women did everything for the plus size culture. Without them, there would be no self love for big women, and that just it's plain and simple. If yeah. You look at who was allowed to be their size and who showed pride in it hands down for sure for sure I think that I mean when I started diving into the plus size community it was mainly like did I see white women who were who were doing certain things yes but I always felt like they were playing it safe yeah um and black women always just they just jump out of that box and I so, like, like I said, Chastity Garner from Garner Style, like, she, she was the one, man. Yeah. She was the one who I was just, like, in awe of. Yeah. For the longest time. Still am. Have met her in oh, person. Yeah. Oh, have you? Yeah. I, I did. I met her at the CurvyCon Games in LA, um, in 2000... 18 2017 one somewhere around there I met her I I am one of those people I'm like Kristen Bell like if I'm too happy or like too sad I am crying yeah (laughs) so I have to like really like keep my emotions in because I literally like I don't even remember what I said to her. I was just like, hi, I'm Alex. Like, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. hi, so nice to meet you. And then she, and then it was done. But, like, yeah. I met and saw her in person and participated in something for the Curvy Cons. And I probably almost had an, a heart attack because, one, there were so many influencers there. Yeah. And people that I admired. Um, as well as, like, friends and colleagues but also just, like, seeing her in the flesh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was just in awe the whole day. Like, some kind of weird fangirl. And I'm sorry if she ever hears this and she's just like, ugh, do I have a stalker? (laughs) I promise I don't stalk you. I just, like, really admire you for helping me become who I am. But yeah, I definitely think, like, this episode, we had to say something about black women and 
the influence that they've had on this industry because it's so important. And if anything that we have said in this is wrongly said, please call us out so yeah. we can continue to learn. Because, I mean, that's a that's the whole point of being alive is learning. Yeah. If you don't learn, you're not living. That's literally my mindset right now. If you are not learning, you're not living. Right. Because there's... You're, you're just living in the past. Yeah. You, well, and even then, like, how is that living? How is living in the past living, you know? And now we're just going to go on some other weird tangent. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Um, so, I want to transition really quickly, though, because this is one of the questions I had prepared for you, which is, what is your first memory of realizing you were a big child? or different or like that you were different because of your weight I had gone into a guidance counselor meeting um with one of the guidance counselors and uh I I came from a low income household a single parent um we did live with my grandparents though they are great (laughs) um But I came from a single family household and in my school they had like a program and you had to like meet with a guidance counselor in middle school. So I met with this guidance counselor and she was like, she said something to me about how her daughter who was in high school was about my size and she was a bigger girl too. Okay. So this guidance counselor was talking to me and she was like talking about her daughter and how like we were the same size and like her daughter was also a bigger girl and she had some clothes for me. And that was when I realized that like I was a bigger girl. Someone had just straight out said it to me. I always felt kind of different from like the other kids. I I don't I and I know that people made fun of my weight, but like I also was, ju- I was weird, okay? Like, I was a weird kid, period. I yeah. wore heels. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I wore heels to school one day when I was, like, 10. Because I just, I wanted to. And, and I was weird. Um, at least in that day and age. Like, what was considered, I shouldn't say weird, but I was not considered the norm. Yeah. Um, and so that was when I realized somebody had said to me, and I had always grown up with like my grandma saying, suck it in, stand up straight, the normal stuff, pull your shoulders back. Um, but that was the first time that I had truly felt. And then from then on out, I was just, I felt like people always grouped me in with these girls that I didn't want to be grouped with at my school. Um, And they were always the big girls. And it wasn't because I didn't want to be grouped in with them because they were big. I just didn't like the things that they liked. Yeah. I wanted to be grouped in with my friends. Not these other people who just so happened to also be, like, the same size as me. Yeah. But... That was that was the first time that I realized. So I was like ten or eleven. Yeah. What about you? Um. For me, I would say I was at a birthday party, 
can't quite recall how old I was. I was in between 6 and 12. I can't remember if I was necessarily in middle school yet or if I was still in elementary. But um, we were at a birthday party, and my friend had a pony at the birthday party. And all of, like, the girls at the party got to ride this pony, but, like, I was told I couldn't because I was way too much. Or I look like I weighed too much. So it was like a limitation for me right away is what told me like, oh, you are not the same as those little girls. So for me, like that was, that was like my, like the fact that I couldn't do something that other kids my age could do. That was yeah. a big defining moment. Yeah. For me, it's like that was definitely the moment that I realized that I did not, I was not the same. Yeah. Pretty sad moment. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I think yeah. those moments still happen today where, like, you're told you can't do something because of your weight. It really sucks. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I'm very much, like, an adventurous person. Yeah. And um, before COVID happened, we were planning on going to Hawaii in March. Yeah. Um, and we were looking at zip lining and, yeah. um, a, like, Lazy River thing. Yeah. The Lazy River, um, I had, I was, I looked at the weight limit. I realized there was a weight limit because it was, like, right there. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is Probably actually a thing. I think it's because you have to, like... <sighs> It's it's not like a lazy river. It was something weird, but there was a weight limit, and then there was a zip lining thing. That, um, there was a zip lining thing, and I was like, I really want to do this, and the weight limit was where I'm at right now. Okay. I think it was like two hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. Which is where I fluctuate around normally. Um, and so I literally was like in this crunch of like, do I reserve this and have this experience and hope that I am under that weight limit <laughs> when I go? Right. Right. Or, or do I just like not do it? Or do I go and then I get there and I'm over the weight limit and they turn me away? That, like, gives me anxiety just thinking about. So, like, for me, it would be a no-go from get. Yeah. I would not sign up for something like that. Because for me, growing up, like, I grew up right near Magic Mountain in L.A. Or Valencia, whatever you want to say. Um, and we would go to Six Flags all the time. Like, I grew up loving roller coasters. And I still do, except I'm scared to go because I don't want to get turned away yeah so. yeah I definitely like I I get scared with that because I do have wider hips than like normal people yeah. do and so like initially when people look at me they're like oh yeah you're fine and then like I go to sit in one of the seats yeah and I am literally like at the end of it like yeah like if I were one or two inches bigger in my hips, like, I wouldn't fit. Right. And I am starting to get anxiety with flying 
because yeah. I've had a bad experience where I've flown by myself and someone sat next to me and they literally jammed down the armrest the whole time because my thighs kept pushing it up. Yeah. And at one point they like jammed it down like five times, like in a row, like with their elbow. And I just didn't say anything. And so because like I think we're trained to know that it's our fault that we are taking up too much space or I'm tired of apologizing for that. Yeah. I'm ti- I'm I I shouldn't have to, honestly. Yeah. I shouldn't have to. I I enjoy life just like everyone else does. I and those people are allowed to take up space. I'm allowed to take up space. No, no person who is of what you would call normal weight probably. I don't know this for a fact, but no one ever was probably like, "Oh my gosh, I wonder if I'm taking up too much space in this room." You know? Yeah. So I'll tell you like my current struggle with my self love journey because. Like I said before, it's not something that just goes away, ever. Yeah. My current struggle is, before I had my son, I had lost, like, 50 to 60 pounds doing, like, Weight Watchers, and I did that with the mentality that, like, I wanted to get healthy because I loved my body. Like, I wanted to take care of it. But currently, I'm struggling with, the only reason I want to lose weight is because the number on the scale is creating a lot of self-hate inside my body and my struggle currently is trying to get back to that spot where I want to get healthy because I love myself again like I want to I want to find that balance of self-love and changing yeah and I don't want to change because I don't like myself you know yeah. Because you have to That's love yourself where you're at right now. Yeah. If you and don't... I mean, it's hard. Yeah. When this is the current biggest I've ever been. And that it's, it's hard to see that number and still, still love yourself but then still talk to yourself about changing the ways that you're eating and exercising and doing it because you want to feel healthier in yourself but also just want to show that you care about yourself like your body like you like not show other people but show yourself that you care yeah i don't know i that's my current struggle yeah i mean i think you're beautiful i'll always think you're beautiful i've told you you know to just don't worry about that number because it's just a number and that's the thing for me, it's not that I don't think I'm beautiful or anything like that. It's just that I know that there are certain risks because of my genetics and stuff that I, I do need I do need to take better. Like I'm not being as conscious with my diet as I have been in the past, but I'm trying to balance like where I thought about everything I was eating every freaking second of the day and balance it with just make healthier choices or Make just, like I I need to find that balance of being healthier without specifically 
trying to lose weight, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to just drop the pounds. I want to. Yeah. yeah, because your weight, honestly, like, if you, if you drop, it shouldn't be about the weight loss. Yeah. It should be about how you feel. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. When people are going on a self-love journey. If weight, if weight loss happens to be a byproduct of that self-love journey, it'll happen naturally. And so I just, I think that there's like, it's, it's such a fine line when you're talking about body positivity and then you talk about weight loss. Right. Um, but then again, I don't like fully believe in body positivity anymore either because beauty is, have you seen that TikTok video? Ugh, I need to send it to you. Um, I wish I knew what it was. It's about a girl who literally just talks about how you just need to practice radical self-love. Because not everybody is beautiful because beauty is what society thinks it is. It is a box. Beauty is a box. And you should just practice radical self-love because even if you're ugly, you should still love yourself. Because it's all... You're the only... You're the only you you're gonna get. Yeah. It's... And it's all just... It's all just... Honestly, make-believe. In my opinion. <laughs> like, what's beautiful and what's not. It's all just make-believe. Well, it's all cultured by something. Yeah. someone it, or some organization. Like... Yeah. It's all it's, just... Somebody literally yeah. was just like, this. This is what we're yeah. gonna do. And, and you see that all through history. The definition of beauty has changed. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And will continue to change over and over and over again. Yeah. So, like, stop buying into it. Right. Absolutely. Radical self-love. Just fuck them all. So what would, you, what would your advice be to a young Alex? Do it. There were so many times where, like, I tried on outfits in my room, and I thought that I looked cute. I even took photos, and, but I would never, I would never walk out of that room doing it. Like, I always did it in private, and I, I would just tell myself to do it in public. Like, stop caring what they might say, because honestly those people in high school they don't really matter yeah not at all um i can count on one hand how many people i still have like decent communication with from high school yeah and even then though like even the people that you communicate with daily like their opinion of you of the way you look specifically it doesn't really matter it's just how how you feel and how you see yourself um Right now, my self-love struggle is the fact that I have to deal with the fact that that car accident messed up my body. And I have limitations. And those limitations are something that I struggle with. I am very much an independent person. I like to move things on my own. I like to carry things on my own. I like, I'm a hard worker. I like physical labor. Physical labor is, like, one of my favorite things to do. Because I've always been strong. Yeah. Um, 
I can't do that anymore. Take a fact. It's okay. I mean, it's real. Like, it's great, girl. Like, this is, like, the one thing that I want to share with our audience is that I don't want to be fake. I don't want to sit there and be like, I love myself all the time, 100%. Everything's perfect. Like, this is real. We are real people. We have real struggles. And this is our real experience. Yeah. And we mess up, too. Yeah. Like, all the time. But, yeah, I definitely think it is, it's hard. Yeah. So, but I'm learning, and I'm adapting. And this was a big, beautiful disaster. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally keeping it in this time. Big, beautiful disaster. But, yeah, I definitely, like... That's where I'm at struggling. Because I've, I've come to terms with my, with my weight. I, yeah. I, I'm, I don't, I don't see any relevance in it because there was a point in my life where I did get really small when I lived in LA. And by really small, I mean, I was like a size 12, but that was really small for me. And it was the most unhappy time of my life. Outside of my car accident recovery. (laughs) But, like, I was, like, in a really low sabbat. And I think that's when I realized, like, my weight has nothing to do with my happiness. Yeah. I think that's a very, very deep lesson. That your weight has nothing to do with your happiness. Because even if you do lose weight, like, even when I went on my weight loss journey, I felt good when people would tell me, like, oh, you look like you've lost so much weight. Or... It looks so good and stuff, and that would feel good, but it made me feel almost like I needed to have that gratification or that acceptance of others to feel good about myself, and then at that point, it wasn't worth shit, because if I don't feel good about myself and tell myself that I look good, You can't search for the acceptance outside. You have to accept yourself. Yeah. For how you are. To do no matter what. To The definition of self-love is that you accept the person that you are. And that you can't... You can't base it off a number. Right. Not even a number. You can't base it off of somebody else's approval. Yeah. You can't base it off of validation of other people. Because you're not going to feel good about yourself. If you are always searching for someone else to give you that compliment or like your post that you got skinnier, like, then what? Yeah. What if you get to your goal weight? What happens after that? Why is there a goal weight? Why isn't there just a goal feeling? Yeah. And I think that, honestly, like, I wish, we should, like, make that a trend. (laughs) Hashtag goal goal feeling. feeling. Um, goal feeling. I, I mean, I definitely agree. Like, it's, it should be a goal feeling. Yeah. Is that the label of this episode? Goal feeling? I think so. Hashtag goal feeling. Hashtag goal feeling. Um, because I think that, that is the ultimate self, like, self-love. Right. 
that's the only thing that's going to get you where you want to go. And I think that that's going to be a part of correcting my struggle a little bit or delving deep a little bit further because I need to figure out what that is for me, yeah. what that goal feeling is. And I think that might be what I need, what I've been struggling to be able to kind of get a hold of is my goals. Like what, what that one, what that means for me. Yeah. So I think that'll be a good guiding light. Yeah. Wow. What advice do you have for the younger Kelsey? The advice I would give myself at that age is to stand up for myself more. To not let people define me or my weight or my looks or anything like that. And by standing up for myself more, I also mean don't care so much what other people think of you. Like, don't let someone else's opinion define who I am to myself. Still something I struggle with here and there, but not like if someone came up to me and said some of the stuff that I heard growing up, who they would have an earful. Yeah. Like, I would not accept that whatsoever. So my advice is just don't take shit from people. Yeah, just do it. Just be just you. Do it. Just be you. Just do it. And, and you. be okay with who that is. Yeah, for sure. It's just that it's all in you. It's not about right. other people. Because we kind of talked about this last episode where you would say that, like, a little bit, we talked about it in this episode, too, about how you thought I was, like, a cooler plus-size girl and stuff, but I was so focused on other people's attitude towards me that even if you would have told me that you thought I was cool or something like that, I, that would have gone one arrow out the other. It wouldn't have ever faced me because of all the other negative thoughts that and negative opinions that other people had of me. Yeah. So, focus on the people who are going to lift you up. Yeah. That too. Surround yourself with positive freaking people. Yeah. Who are positive about you. Yeah. Because I can tell you in your darkest moments, if you have that friend who like not only self-deprecates themselves, but also says negative stuff to you, they, you need to remove them. And and we're all toxic. Like, I'm sure I've been a toxic friend to somebody. And... I know I definitely have been. And I definitely, like, it. it's okay to cut those people off. Yeah. Like, it's so okay. And that's also another important lesson. <laughs> important lesson. Lesson is... To cut people out of your life who are not being supportive. Yeah. Because they're no, no good. All you're going to do is make you feel bad about yourself. And what's the point of that? This life is way too short to feel so terrible at your, about yourself. Yeah. Or to have other people tell you that you're terrible. Like, come on. Yeah. What a deep episode. It was. It was a pretty good one. It felt good, sure. though. 
Yeah, I would say so too. Like even going into this, like I told Alex on the phone, I was like, I had a long day. I sat. I went to the doctor today, and I had to get blood work drawn. I sat there for an hour and a half waiting just to even get my blood work drawn. So I was like drained from the whole day. Yeah. Because of course you have to fast, and nobody likes a hangry Kelsey. So <laughs> just not feeling it. But after this episode, like I've just been sitting here, like I don't know. Just what we've been doing this for like an hour or something. Yeah. Like just that self talk there. Like saying positive things, like identifying the things that have affected me, I think, has put me in a better mindset even just tonight. So Good. Practice that. Like identify the things that that you almost were embarrassed to talk about. Because, I mean these are not easy things to say to yourself or bring back up. Like, not at all. It's not easy to talk about this stuff, but I think you have to move through them. Yeah. And identify that hurt and then not let it affect you anymore. Yeah. And whether you have to do that with a, a professional, with a therapist, or with a friend. I mean, I always joke that Kelsey is my therapist. I even have a picture on my Instagram where it's like, this is Kelsey, <laughs> my therapist. Yeah. Um, I just get that help. Yeah. We all need it. Yeah. We all have to sit yeah. down and talk about the things that we've Ex- been through. Especially, especially during this era in our lives like recently even myself like I've reached out to a therapist because my anxiety has been insane with all of this yeah it's been a very stressful time in my life and don't don't you dare take any shame from seeking out help yeah so wow that's my big beautiful disaster (laughs) I don't think it's a disaster I'm not going to lie to you guys that this is not going to be the only time that we talk about self-love. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely... I be a very much a recurring theme throughout all of these. I feel like we could, you know, dive into it again and again and again, yeah. but... And our hope, and Alex and I have been kind of talking about, like, what the hope of our future in this podcast will be is that we will hear from other plus-size people. Yeah, who are living we different are. life experiences than us. Yeah. And so you can get a different perspective. It's not always yeah. going to be Alex and I talking away. I mean, I hope so. But. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, we had our first person reach out about being a guest, which was, yeah. like, so cool. I'm very excited about that. I know. So. I'm so excited. Yeah, so look forward to that, guys. You will hear other voices. It's not just going to be ours. Yeah. But... And if you want to be a voice, please reach out. Yeah. Please reach out. Or if there's something that you want us to talk about, yes. let us know. Like, our email, our DMs, always open. Yeah, for sure. Cool. We definitely we definitely encourage feedback. This is something that we are just starting, and neither one of us have ever done this before, so yep. it's, it's new. The audio. We're trying out a couple of different things on our technology side of things, so bear with us for 
undetermined amount of time. <laughs> Forever, because it probably will never be perfect. We're in two separate locations, so we'll always probably be doing this remotely, except for, like, if we go to visit each other. Yeah, which, Corona, please lift sometime soon. So, but yeah. Maybe 2021. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm ready for it. Me too. Thank you for sticking through us through a second episode. Uh, hopefully it was okay. We know that it's going to be rough. Always. Life is rough. <laughs> so. Life is rough. Keep looking for more updates on our social medias. Um, we now should be podcasting on Apple. We got the approval today. It's Yay! so exciting. Um, and then also we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Be on iHeartRadio soon. Um, Simplecast is through our website, so you should be able to listen to it through right through the internet. Um, if you guys usually like to listen to your podcasts on other platforms, please let us know which ones that we should look out for, and we will do our best to get on those. I'm Alex. I'm Kelsey. And this was this our big, beautiful <laughs> discussion. discussion. <laughs> Try it again. Try it again. Okay, okay. And this, this is our big. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On three. Okay. One, two, three. And, and this, this was, was our big, beautiful, beautiful discussion. discussion. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, I love you. Bye.